0: This is the Ministers of the New Covenant radio broadcast. We come to you in the name of Yeshua the Messiah, the Son of the Most High Yahweh. Tune in each week to hear teachings directly from Scripture, focused upon believing in the Father, His Son, and the holy and righteous law of our Creator. At the end of this broadcast, we will give you the web address whereby you may contact us for further scriptural information. Well, good evening. What you are about to listen to is part three of a discussion with my friend and fellow brother in the faith, Larry Acheson. Larry is persuaded that the title most often ascribed to the Creator, the title God, is of heathen origin. He believes that this word originates with an idol that Yahweh condemns in Isaiah 65 verse 11. So make sure to check out parts 1 and 2 of this discussion on my website at ministersnewcovenant.org. And enjoy part 3. Larry, after Jacob, Israel makes the commitment to Yahweh in Genesis 35, and he tells his family, let's get away from these foreign gods, these foreign Elohim, and let's serve Yahweh. I guess he continued to refer to his son. Obviously, he would call his son in for supper, or, or he would converse with his son, and he would continue to call him that name God, even though it was the name of a of a false idol.
1: You know, that is another wonderful point that you're making, is that uh, I know that many people that I've met over the years would think that, oh, my goodness, he's got to change that name now. He understands that's the name of a heathen idol. Do not absolutely call him Uh, With that name, that is not a common practice. There are examples of name changes, but I cannot think of a single example in all of scripture where someone uh, looked at a name and said, well, because that's the name of a heathen idol, I will no longer call you this name. There were other reasons for name changes, but not any that I'm aware of that because this was the name of a heathen idol, you cannot be called this name. And one of the big examples of this is in the New Testament. Uh, the, the name Apollos one of the greatest believers there that's mentioned in the book of Acts I think it's in Acts chapter 18 a glowing report is given of the uh, apostle named Apollos and how he would debate with the Jews and how you know he uh, proved that Yeshua is the Messiah wouldn't you want to change his name you, we, we all certainly recognize that Apollos is the name of a, a Greek idol. Should we not change this person's name? Their reasoning was not that way. Their reasoning was not that, okay, my goodness, we cannot call him this name any longer because we understand this is the name of a heathen. That wasn't the way they thought. So indeed, Leah gave him the name God, and that name stuck.
0: What you're saying is that it's permissible to speak that word in reference to, let's say, Jacob Israel's son, he's talking to his son, or he says, supper is done, God come in to eat supper, etc., you know, obviously would speak in the Hebrew language or a much more ancient language. It would be permissible for that name to come upon our lips and utter in reference to a person, or if we're making a demeaning reference to the false idol of Isaiah 65, but it's just that we should not use that word in our worship to our Heavenly Father.
1: That is exactly my understanding, and I I know this kind of goes back to the verse in Exodus that you were reading, I think, was it 23 verse 13? Yes, sir. We have to understand that he's talking about uh, make no mention of the names of other deities to let them be heard out of our mouth. Well, it's a reference to the worship. You can go into, for example, the Psalms. David who wrote the Psalms wrote the names of idols in the Psalms even though he himself wrote in the Psalms he will not mention the names of idols Uh, we have to understand what they what the intent was behind the, 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 the verse the intent was not that you cannot ever say the name and sometimes you have to say this name so you can communicate to others sure to not sure <laughs> don't like
0: force, don't yeah like we're doing right now yeah
1: exactly so but if I were to go out and, and say maybe like I serve Baal or I serve Zeus uh, then I'm conveying to others something other than the worship of Yahweh yeah. and that's where we have to be very careful that we are taking the focus off of the true heavenly Father and putting it on something that is false. Yes. And therein lies the potential danger. You know, I grew up not even knowing the name of our Heavenly Father like any other name than God. So I was calling upon the name of a heathen idol mm-hmm. and not even realizing it. But that's, that, that is not the name that our Heavenly Father gave to himself. That's the name of an idol that some man somehow or another – I'm not sure how it came into existence, but it did – and it was reserved for a heathen idol whose worship Yahweh condemned so now then why would i want to call upon that same name it doesn't it just doesn't make any sense
0: yeah it's just like when we found out that when we celebrated what we thought was the birth of the messiah you know on december 25th we once right. thought that that was celebrating his birth but we found out it was an ancient roman festival called saturnalia that had just been incorporated into the christian faith wow you know it was amazing our intentions were good but it really didn't matter what our intentions were what mattered is what does yahweh say in his in his instruction manual and so let's honor and serve him it's kind of along the same lines there
1: absolutely that's exactly what it's all about is we have to uh, move forward first in philippians i think it aptly describes this we have to don't look back we have to we're running the race and we have to re- remove all the weights that are holding us down and move forward. Uh, and, and so we're not going to worry about what we did in the past. We know that what we've done in the past, we we had the best of intentions. We did not mean anything by it. Mm-hmm. But now that we know better, we leave that behind us and we move forward in a new direction serving him with with the same purity of heart that we had before only with new knowledge and revelation and so we're going to serve him in truth as we have to worship as you know we understand worship in spirit and in truth if we're going to do that we have to jettison those teachings that we find are false and embrace those things that we know are true
0: so larry you do believe that like according to, let's say, Revelation 21, verse 12, I believe, where it talks about the names of the tribes of Israel being written upon the 12 gates of the New Jerusalem, the city of New Jerusalem. You believe that one of those gates will have that name, God, inscribed upon yes, it? Yes, I do. Okay. What about people that say, well, man, Larry, why would the name of a false idol be on one of the gates of the New Jerusalem? <laughs> what do you say to that?
1: That is a great question, and uh, so my question back to you: Let's just say that you're the one asking that question. Okay. Of uh, of all those uh, twelve names that are on the twelve gates of the New Jerusalem, wh- why is it Matthew that you choose the one God, the, the name God, as the as the name that you are going to transliterate as the title of our heavenly Father? Why do you pick that name? Why don't? Why did you choose that one instead of one of the uh, other eleven?
0: I think the answer is because that's the culturally acceptable title to use for, you know, whoever we worship.
1: Right. Now, if I retain God and say, "Well, God is okay to use as a title," then I can refer to the Almighty as God. You know, on a you know, in conversation with people, and say, "God, I, 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 uh, I also worship God." In my heart, when I say I worship God, I'm I'm really thinking the title God, and not realizing that that person may identify that as the name or i might even say sure you know now his name is actually yahweh but you know yahweh is my god and and so we all worship the same god and uh, it, it just kind of comes out that way in conversation and we want to relate to people as much mm-hmm. as we can so if i completely remove god from my vocabulary as far as you know worship uh, and i and i do not refer to yahweh in that way at all then <clears throat> there's going to be a loss As far as that relationship goes, then people are going to notice. They're going to know that we're not referring to him that way, and it's going to cause a little bit – there's a a distancing effect. If we can, if we can justify referring to Yahweh as God, it's going to help us retain more of that relationship that we want to have with other people. Mm -hmm. And in fact, as you will read our study, that was one of the arguments that was used is that we're causing people to run away we're not bringing them into any closer to the truth by removing God. So, so really, we need to use, you know, refer to Him as our God, so that other people will look into this more closely and see that, well, yeah, He's our God, but His name is actually Yahweh. Again, this is not the way Yahweh reasons. Yahweh does not think like a man. Hmm. We need to to accept Yahweh's culture. What is right for Yahweh? If I wanted to, I mean, I could. What, what, why not choose one of the other 11 names? You know, uh, for example, uh, uh, Shimeon, uh, for example, means he has heard. Has not Yahweh heard us? You know, we, we want to think of Yahweh as who hears our prayers. Mm-hmm. So why not call Yahweh our Shimeon hmm. or or uh, uh, Zebulun? You know, why not say Yahweh our Zebulun? Why did you choose the name God? It's We all know it's for that one reason. There's no... Valid reason to pick any of those names on the 12 gates of the New Jerusalem to use as a title for Yahweh These are all the names of men The names of man and you're saying it's okay to take the name of a man And transliterate that as the title for our Heavenly Father When you want to get technical about this All 12 of those tribes of Israel They abandoned their faith in Yahweh All of them Mm -hmm. did And so it may be honorable for me. If, let's just say that I'm from one of those twelve tribes. You know, let's just say that I'm from the tribe of uh, Naphtali. Because I'm from that tribe of Naphtali, my tribe has that name on those on one. Of, it's on one of the twelve gates. That's an honor. I should be thankful that if I come from that tribe, that that, that tribe is up there on on those twelve, one of those twelve gates. It's an honor. But th- that does not mean I can take that name and. Honor Yahweh by referring to him that by that name as a title. Mm -hmm. So we need to be very careful about our reasoning process because we tend to think we think that Yahweh surely Yahweh thinks like we do. Well, Yahweh doesn't think like we do. Mm -hmm. And if you read, I believe if you really read our study and you see all the places where Yahweh discusses how we think and how His ways are higher than our ways, you'll see that there are. Many verses, I uh, go into Deuteronomy about how he abhors idol worship, how it, we cannot possibly honor him if if that's what we're doing to his title.
0: Sure, sure. One thing I noticed in the book, I had read from one of the objectors that somebody actually made the statement that there was no such thing as a sinful sound. And I had a problem with that immediately when I read it because Verses like Exodus twenty three thirteen just flashed up in my mind. If there is no problem with anything that we utter, then why in the world is there a commandment not to mention or remember, I think the Hebrew is zakar, to mention or remember the names of the other mighty ones? Uh, it doesn't make sense. There has to be a point where we draw the line and we say, no, we cannot use that in our reference to the Almighty.
1: The verse that comes to mind is in Colossians chapter 3. Uh, in Colossians 3 verse 8 it says, but now you must put off all of these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication hmm. out of your mouth. So you're going to tell me that there's no such thing as a sinful sound. What would you call filthy communication?
0: Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, Larry, I don't want to leave any stone unturned, so we're going to get this next point in here. Okay. Uh, as it pertains to the, the Greek word theos. We know that theos is used like the Hebrew word Elohim. Theos can be used of Yahweh, but it can also be used of other false mighty ones as well. And then you and I both also know that there is a very popular book in Sacred Name Circles that believes that theos and even thea, or thea, T-H-E-A, were originally the names of Greek deities. How do we understand this information in light of what we've talked about as it pertains to calling Yahweh God? Does the fact that evidently in the Greek New Testament or in the manuscripts of the New Testament that survived to us in the Greek language, almost 6,000 of them, where Yahweh is given the title of Theos, how do we deal with that in relation to, well... If he can be called Theos, and that was the name of a Greek god, Greek deity, then why can't we call Yahweh God?
1: I've got Junior looking this section up for me because there's a, a quote from that book I would like to actually give. This is the quote from uh, about Theos. Okay. Um, but uh, she's looking it up for me right now. But here we go. The point is when I. First was introduced to this, uh, you know, our heavenly Father's name, and how God is the name of a heathen idol, and you know, I don't want to call upon the name of a heathen idol. There's a big movement uh, amongst sacred namers that the New Testament, uh, the Greek New Testament, is uh, not that th- that is not the original. That it's all has a Hebrew. Origin, And I think that that very well may be the case in many instances, but it doesn't look like that's the case in all right. instances. And those in those cases where that is the, the Greek, and of course you go to the Septuagint, you see Theos there as well. Sure. The point that's made in their book, which I'm going to quote here. Okay, here we go. On page 45 of their new edition, which is Come Out of Her, My People by C.J. Coster. Donaldson, in his New Cratulus, points out that T-H is frequently pronounced D-H in Greek, thus Theos and Deos would be the same, if only in pronunciation. Further, B.C. Dietrich, in The Origin of the Greek Religion, page 288, reveals to us a pair of deities, Theos and Thea. This proves that Theos is not only a title, but also the name of a Greek idol. So, now then, uh, from the perspective of those who disagree with our position, they're going to say that, well, don't you see, you've got in Septuagint, you've got in the Greek New Testament, they're referring, you know, the Apostle Paul refers to the Almighty as Theos, and obviously that's the name of a heathen idol, and so here he is referring to, to the Almighty in this way, and so therefore, since if he refer to the Almighty as Theos, which is the name of a false idol, then what's wrong with referring to him as God, which is also the name of a false idol? Surely you're not going to say that the Apostle Paul d- d- ever dishonored Yahweh, so it-, it must be honorable to refer to him with, if you choose to translate it this way, you can refer to him with a title that dovetails the name of a false idol. And so this is, is something that, you know, at, at the first, I I believed this, and I accepted it, and uh, I, I uh, in fact, I rejected much of the, the Greek New Testament, like, it, this can't be right, this is not what the Apostle Paul would have written, you know. Well, then I realized that, well, all the evidence shows that he actually did use theos in, ref, mm-hmm. in reference to Yahweh, and the Septuagint definitely shows this. Mm-hmm. So then I thought, I'd like to get a hold of this book by B.C. Dietrich that's referenced in in C.J. Koster's book. And I want to see this quote for myself. And once I found, I got a hold of the book through the library system, and uh, I found that is not at all what he's saying. He does not ever refer to Theos and Thea as the names of deities at all. Uh, in fact, is the exact quote from his book where Koster got this on that page 288 that he references. It says, In Eleusinian myth, which one may assume to reflect Bronze Age belief. Beside the two goddesses, another pair, Theos and Thea—that is, Pluton and Persephone—enjoyed equal prominence. And when you go on to read this, you're seeing that Theos and Thea; these are once again titles that were given to these two idols, and the, the idols' names were Pluton, who was a Theos, which is a a, a male deity title and persephone which is a female deity her title was Thea, which is the title for a female deity not that these were their names at all and so you do all the research you can because i'll tell you what i did this i researched this exhaustively mm-hmm. trying to trying to prove that theos and theia were the names of uh, heathen idols uh and i cannot find them you will not find them in the greek pantheon at all Wow. They're just not they're not there. Uh, but this was a a drive by C.J. Coster to actually, uh, you know, he's the one who uh, actively promotes ridding the English language of all words that could be connected to idol worship. And that's where it's like it becomes when, when you realize where you have to go with this, it's like you can't do it. Well, part of that drive was he was going to eliminate, you know, Theo's as being a, the name of a heathen idol. Uh, and so from the perspective of those who disagree with our position, if theos was the name of a heathen idol, and it's okay, and you can re- refer to Yahweh as your theos, then it's also it must also be okay to refer to Yahweh as our God, since God is also the name of a heathen idol. Mm-hmm. And now then, as I hope you have seen from this, you're not going to find that Theos actually was the name of a heathen idol. There's no evidence at all. It's only in the imagination of some men that Theos was the name of a heathen idol. So therefore, all the apostle Paul was doing was taking the name, or I'm sorry, was taking a title that is a reference to deity. It's basically the equivalent of Almighty, the, the way the Greeks understood it. And so you're taking that and you're saying that Yahweh is the true Almighty. Right. Yahweh is the true Theos, you're, but you're not Theos is not identifying the name of any idols at all. So it's, it's just a false connection that is being made. And you know we need to be very careful about, about these connections, because look where it can take us. Yeah. It, 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 if, you, if you can justify referring to Yahweh as a Theos with the understanding that it's the name of a heathen idol, then guess what? That means that opens the door. We can also honorably refer to Yahweh as our God. That you've just Mm. reached a false conclusion based upon an an assumption, which is based upon something you read in some guy's book that is not based on reality.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Um, Along those lines, another point in the book is that he he does track, at least in his understanding, some other words that we do use in our worship. Like, for instance, one that I remember you mentioning in the book, in your book, was the word holy. Like people refer to us. To the Spirit of Yahweh as the Holy Spirit, I think the Hebrew is the Ruach Hakodesh. But I, I use the term Holy Spirit uh, often. Do you think that it's erroneous to refer to Yahweh's Spirit as Holy Spirit?
1: I personally do not. I, I don't see the the issue there. All I can say to that is, uh, do the research on this. You know, everyone has to do their own individual research. I don't trust me or any man, <clears throat> excuse me, to do. Your research for you, right. but in my own research, I could not prove that holy actually comes from that it begins. It, it may have become the name of a heathen idol, but that does not prove that it started out that way. Right, right. And as we know, we can demonize anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and, and another example that you yourself uh, have made, which I really appreciate, is the example of uh, you know Yahweh's covenant with Noah. The sign of that cup was what? Oh, the rainbow. Yes, the okay. rainbow. I I love that example that you made, and so we know that uh, our culture today, what group of people mm. have appropriated the rainbow as their
0: symbol? Yeah, the homosexual community. Exactly. Yeah. So
1: so they and, and so does that make it right? And and also does that mean that okay, no, we can no longer since they have misappropriated this sign, this symbol. We can no longer even think of the rainbow as being the sign of Yahweh's covenant with Noah because uh, it's now a heathen symbol. Mm. Uh, So we we can no longer use that. Well, that's flawed reasoning because we know that in its initial symbolism, it was a righteous symbol. Mm -hmm. And so we we can't base our conclusions on how mankind has demonized or misappropriated things. We base it upon Yahweh's culture— which, according to Yahweh, it was the symbol of His covenant that He would no longer, n- never again, flood
0: the earth. Yeah, that's a great so, point. That's a great point. And, and you mentioned in your book too how that some people, in trying to follow this, the teachings of Mister. Coster, which I'm, you know, I, I don't know the man. I'm not trying to, right, to down talk him. He may be a wonderful servant of Yahweh, but in trying to follow the teachings of him in this book, come out of my people to this far extent. They've ceased from saying Holy Spirit, and they've begun to say Set-apart Spirit. And you point out in your book that the word Set, S-E-T, is a match to one of the many Egyptian deities named Set.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So it's like in in your own drive to eliminate uh, these words from your vocabulary, you're going to, you can't be entirely successful, and in, in that particular case, it completely backfires, mm, yeah. because it's very possible that, uh, what, what if the word holy started out as a very pure word that was misappropriated along the way, and then the word set what if the word "set" started out as an impure word, and and now that it just kind of worked its way into our vocabulary, as mm-hmm. in "set the table" or things of that sort? That mm-hmm. uh, it, it seems very perfectly acceptable now, but maybe in its in its origin, it was completely heathen to the mm-hmm. core.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, so
1: we have to be very careful uh, because we don't really know. We we can't really base our vocabulary on uh, these word origins because we're gonna make we're gonna Error along the way. Yeah. But if we can at least focus our attention on our Heavenly Father and the purity and the honor that He is due and strive to honor Him in our word and our action, then we're going to want to not identify Him or associate Him in any way with heathen worship. We want to remove all aspects of that. We want to remove any possibility. So I want to remove those tangle, a tangle of guesses, as they call it, with the etymology of God. Get that, you know, you're you're guessing. I, I, get the guesswork out of there. If there's any potential that uh, the the title I'm using for the Almighty, uh, for Yahweh, is a, it's of heathen origin. Uh Then I want to remove it. If someone can show me that, you know, I I just referred to him as the almighty, you know, if someone can show me that, Larry, you just used the word almighty. That word actually comes from heathen worship. If someone can show me that, that it actually that has its start as the name of a heathen. There was some heathen idol down the road long in the ancient past whose name was almighty. Uh Then if they can show me that. Uh, and prove that to me, then I would want to remove that. I don't want to refer to him with anything, any title at all sure. that would dishonor him.
0: Sure. I see your point, Larry. Point well taken. Well, Larry, I greatly appreciate you for taking your time to, and a lot of time at that, to come on here and explain uh, your understanding. I think that it's a correct understanding, at least for my studies. And I hope that everybody that's listening will take the time and the effort to do the research. You can find Larry's book on his website at ponderscripture.org and the most updated work again is titled God's Identity According to Ancient Hebrew Scholars by Larry and June which is Larry's wife, Larry and June Atchison. It's an excellent work. I just finished reading it this morning and um, I would encourage everybody to uh, take a look at it and get serious about honoring Yahweh in even the uh, epithets and the titles that we apply to our creator. So thank you, Larry. I really do appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you for taking the time to really research the study and to uh, uh, give us your feedback, Matthew. I really appreciate that. And I believe that if anyone will take the time, as you obviously have, that uh, they will see that there are some, uh, points that we make that are worthy of consideration, and, and we are open to feedback from others. So if anyone has any questions about our study, if they, if they find a point that we make that is maybe utterly false, you know, we want to know about that because uh, June and I call ourselves truth seekers, and we want to seek the truth and, and know the truth about our Heavenly Father. And we have to be open to new things, to new ideas, and, and, and to respectfully uh, share those ideas with others, and so we can come to a mutual conclusion. But uh, there's a, a guy that named Daniel Borstein that came up with a quote that I, I really think is, is worthy of our attention. He, he wrote that the greatest obstacle to discovery uh, is not ignorance, uh, it is the illusion of knowledge. And and that we have this illusion of knowledge that we we think we have the understanding we have the we have the correct understanding already we don't need to hear, to hear this guy's study about why God is it doesn't really honor Yahweh because I already understand that uh it doesn't dishonor him well consider the possibility that you have this illusion of knowledge we need to completely remove these illusions and and start at the very beginning and and Take it step by step and understand, you know, what is the truth of this matter and go from there. Don't use your preconceived conclusions that you've already reached to be your guide. Use uh, the, the truth and the pure truth as your guide. And so take one step at a time. Uh, we have some questions in our study that we ask. So I think our valid questions are very legitimate. Read those questions and answer them uh, based upon Scripture, not based upon your own reasoning. Because our own reasoning, as I mentioned earlier, does not define truth.
0: You've been listening to the Ministers of the New Covenant radio broadcast. Our website is ministersnewcovenant.org. That's ministersnewcovenant.org. Please visit our website where you will find hundreds of audio sermons as well as videos, books, and articles explaining various doctrines in the scriptural faith. For questions, you can also call 678-347-6240. That's 678-347-6240. Thanks for listening, and according to His will, may Yahweh richly bless.